You're listening to Off the X with your host Tyler Wells, Forrest Carbajal, and Barrett Moon. Brought to you by Trinity Gunworks, Muddy Foot Outdoors, and Maker's Call Company. Be heard. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Off the X Podcast. I'm Forrest Carvajal, and we've got the full crew in the house tonight for the new year. We've got senior short shot Tyler Wells, the bourbon boy Barrett Moon, and then the dean of duck dogs, Caleb Smith. Guys, we got a lot to talk about tonight. We've got a whiskey review. We're going to talk a little bit mid-season report. We're going to talk a lot about dogs because we've had some fun with our dogs so far. And then we've got the maker's origin for the call review. Definitely want to hang in and listen to that call review. Mm. Bourbon or bourbon? What we got for bourbon, Barrett? <laughs> um, tonight we, uh, Forrest blessed us with a bottle of this Oak and Eden Rye Inspire, and honestly, I'm just not impressed. I'm just with me or the bourbon. No, well, both. <laughs> it's just been. <laughs> He's honest. He's honest. Okay. No, it's it's the bourbon for sure. I just I don't know. It just has not. I initially tasted it when I got here, and I just was not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? Why not? Why I don't know. Crazy? It just it's it it is. It's super spicy. It's it's not my style of of whiskey that I like. It's a rye. It's a rye inspire. Um, I don't know. I just it it. I'm not a big fan of the like super kind of cinnamony burning type whiskeys. So it just and it just kind of turned me off right when I put it in my mouth. That's <laughs> you, what she said. You got <laughs> <laughs> You got a score over there, Michael Scott? Uh, right now I'm I'm sitting right around a five. Sitting around a five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Jeez. It's the lowest one I've given, I know. Dang. And I, it's it's I'd be uh, I'd almost pour it in my trash can and just <laughs> oh, let, let my let my bin have a taste. Well, so. I'll give you, I'll give you guys a complete opposite oh, review wow. over here. I like it. I think it's pretty good. I think for a rye, it's really good. Uh, yeah, a lot of cinnamon. I feel like a lot of syrup in it. I feel like this would probably, out of everything we've reviewed so far, this would be the best for an old fashioned. I feel like. Think so? Oh yeah, for sure. Just because it's a lot of sweetness right out of the bat. I mean, I got to mix with, I have a straight right here, but I also have a mix with my Red Bull. And uh, yeah, I mean, I can, Barrett's over here messing with my mic. His fingers <laughs> have been floating in my nose for the past couple of minutes. <laughs> no, I like it. I think, uh, I mean, I like the, I mean, I like it. it. I like the cinnamon and stuff. It's not too cinnamony. It doesn't taste like a bunch of sugar in it, but it does taste like some maple syrups or something's in it. It'd be good with it old fashioned. You got score? Uh, this is the first rye we rye we we have reviewed, right? I think so. I think for a rye, I'm gonna say a, I'm gonna say a seven point two. Okay. Seven point two. I would definitely drink this again. Okay. I think and it, it may it may be good like as an old fashioned. I mean, I'm just being harsh on it, tasting it. When I got here, I tasted it, you know, neat, and so I'm just being harsh on them because mm. I don't. Know, I sipped it neat, and I just I don't know, wasn't impressed. You're not hurting my feelings. I. Uh, the other Oak and Eden that we had, I thought was amazing. So I was like, well, I'll try another one. And uh, that was the one that I came home with. And it's it has a lot of flavor. My opinion, it has too much flavor for me. It's definitely too spicy for me. Really? Yeah. This is better than the other Oak and Eden. No. All of them are spicy, but this is spicy with a little sugar. I mean, I just drank a Big Red is what it yeah. feels like. Yeah. A Big Red. You mean a Red Hot? Red, no. not Big, 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 red. big red Gum? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but uh, no, I would give it six. Six is, yeah. is where I'm sitting. Yeah, yeah. man. Well, 
What do you think, Tyler? Man, I, I, I really like it. Really? <laughs> yeah. You really like it, too. I, I do. Like I lowered my score like, because of Barrett. I think it's really good. Like, s- smelling it, it it has, like, a pine smell to it. Like, pine salt. Almost like, like some pine needles. <laughs> like, you break them in your hand, you yeah. smell it. It smells a little bit like pine because I was, like, sniffing it. I was like, what is that? But it's pine. And then drinking it, it's it's, like, a lot of oil in it, so it coats your tongue, and then... It's got a lot of caramel in it and a lot of vanilla in it, and I get the spice at the end, which is you know a rise got a little more spice in it. But man, I'd, I'm gonna give this thing like an eight and a half. Yes, oh sir. Yeah. I like dude. it even better oh after that review. Hey, I like it. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what y'all are getting about some... chewing some no, big red. Okay, okay, so, okay. Crown Royal lately, <laughs> probably. No, I have not at all. <laughs> but so, like, my favorite rye is the Sazerac, and it's I don't it just doesn't to me it doesn't compare. So. I don't know. It may, and it may just be that my tongue, it just... Doesn't. Yeah, and I'm not getting a lot of that, like, y'all are just talking about you're chewing Big Red or mm. got Red Hots. Yeah, I'm not getting that. Mm-mm. So I don't know. I don't know why. Mm. But... I don't know. Hey. It's long-lasting. Like, I, I can I can feel it, like, coating. And maybe all those backwoods I've been smoking. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah, <probably. laughs> Too much Russian cream. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, man, no, that's that's good. That's like eight, eight and a half all day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, we're split 50 well, 50 yeah. with this one too good too bad somebody, somebody go try it and and let us hit know us up let us know yeah yeah um, I, I definitely like the other oak and eden better but i mean so i like I. the other one but i do too that yeah. one's fine all right so mid-season duck report what's everybody got ain't Anybody's? no ducks ain't no water <laughs> <laughs> there's we, water we're sitting we on the back side of water. the most water we've had all yeah. season <laughs> right no it's it's looking good i think for the end of the year i'm expecting it to be better than the beginning of the year was Oh, yeah. oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it will be, but I mean, I think at this point, this I mean, this part of the season, I'm probably the most disappointed I've been, I think, ever. How many, really? times, oh, yeah. how many times have you hunted this season, Caleb? So prior to Christmas, maybe, maybe four or five times, but since Christmas, I've hunted almost every day, and it's been awful. Wow, and you awful as far as you like, didn't dude, miss anything. Dude the first has <laughs> not told us a word. Well, yeah, I've been <laughs> listen. I've been I, with him once. I, yeah. Here's my concept, especially when it comes to inviting people and getting a big group out. Because I've been going out with just two people and just to scout. And I'm kind of to the point now where, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's worth the time unless you find the birds kind of deal. And, I mean, the couple of times that I've been out was a huge sleep, you know, sleep at the ramp. We're going to smash them. We got a whole bunch of people. And that was the couple of hunts I've been on and when it didn't pay off. Really? And I had a crappy work day. So, I don't know. I've been scouting my butt off. I will say that our last hunt, we were supposed to go with somebody, and he was supposed to get the hole. And I'm not bashing Taylor Wood. him here. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler is. I'm not. Tyler, so I've talked to him there. several times since then. Did you tell him you were throwing him on the under the bus? No, I didn't tell him. <laughs> under the boat? Man, we passed him in the lane. Yeah. And we just didn't know what each other's boats looked like. Yeah. <laughs> but but the thing was, it was like he slept at the ramp. Yeah. He did everything did all the you're work. supposed to do. And we were just, we showed up late. We were supposed to meet him there. We yeah. had no cell service, so we couldn't communicate. So we ended up just like, well, we'll just find a hole wherever we can find a hole. And we had one of our better hunts. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. We've had all year. Yeah. So, I mean, no. I guess we got lucky. I don't know. Hey, Some, take lucky the, over yeah. good any day. Sometimes yeah. the Lord shines down on you. <laughs> he says, Lord, we got <laughs> we to gotta help these, <laughs> dumb, these dumb people. Uh, well, 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 what is y'all's mid-season review? Y'all seeing a lot of birds, seeing a good amount of water, seeing a lot of birds on private? I mean, what are y'all seeing? Even mm. even private's been a struggle. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Honestly. 
We seen quite a few in the in that cornfield the other night, for sure. Well, yeah, seeing them after shooting lights, one thing. Well, they were but... there in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we went in there to set up for geese, they were they were there. They were in that corn. Yeah. So, and but that was after Christmas. Right. So, I mean, right. before Christmas, it was it was pretty slim. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, we've been getting steady steady rains and. I, I do. Looking, I'm looking with Forrest. I think that we we have a better shot. Which you know, everybody talks about January is the season to to hunt anyway so well you just got more birds that start showing oh, up in yeah. january yeah. well you you're know, getting right now you're getting anything. them from both sides yeah, yeah. freezing up above us and mm-hmm. everything's starting to push back up from yeah or push I back mean, it's inevitable to we'll have a lot more birds here in january but you know it doesn't beat the frustration of season leading up till now Mm-mm. you know so well Forrest, what what was your uh you wanted to talk about mid-season report what's your thoughts what's your report my report i mean we when I hunted private, we did better than what we've done in the past few years. Uh, but at that place, we always do better if there's low water. And there was low water, so we had ducks. But they changed every day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, as far as public goes, it seems like the people that can scout every day mm-hmm. are, are getting – they're getting to kill birds. And then if you get lucky like what we did the other day, you're, you'll happen on a few. But it just seems – like this year has been rough yeah. for everybody, you know, yeah, and there's, sure. it seems like there's a lot of people hunting. That's I mean, what I've noticed too. This is a, this season is one of those seasons, like in the past it's like you could scout your tail off and usually have a spot or two as a backup and be able to get to them. And this is probably my first season in a, in a long time. I've been beat to all my good spots. Yeah. And that's I, still, I mean, that's still leaving the house one thirty two in the morning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't, I mean, I've man, like you said, man, it's, it's wild, man. There's more people here and less birds. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like we're, we are fighting a lot of people, but I feel like we're definitely seeing more people at the ramps that we're going to than mm-hmm. what we have in the past. Like we showed up <laughs> at this one ramp the day that we actually, we did okay. And before we got there, I said, okay, <laughs> plus or minus <laughs> oh, we did 40 over boats. Under, yeah. yeah, over under 40 boats. We got there and Tyler said over, bear goes under. And, and what happened when we got there? It was like there double was, over. There was probably was, like wow. 60 in the parking there lot. There was a lot of boats I, I, in the I parking lot. There were like probably yeah. 100. And we passed probably, what, five or six leaving yeah. on the way in? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It was nuts. Like, they just went down and seen the, but hey, the craziness at the ramp. And we really? still yeah. shot greenheads, and it was we did. in the sleet and snow, and it was a blast. It, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of in the sleet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really want to talk about dogs tonight. Um, Let's get it. I, I want have, to talk about dogs. <laughs> no, I do. I do. I definitely do. Uh, I finally got to take Hank out, you know, and actually mm-hmm. go on a hunt. So this is this is where I need Caleb and I need Tyler. Uh, the first hunt that I went on, my cousin went with me, okay? And uh, this was in DeWitt. It was a goose hunt. We were in a pit, okay? So I shot a speck. Or actually, it wasn't a speck. It was a snow. It went out there. My dog... Chased it down. It was a wounded bird, but he doesn't like to pick up stuff on dry ground. Right. He won't do it. Right. So how do I train my dog to pick up something on dry ground when in the water he'll pick it up every time? Yeah. But on dry ground he won't pick it up. Yeah. I I know the answer. You want to say it, Tyler? I don't know because I don't know the answer. Oh, I mean, every dog, every dog, every dog I've ever had. I was about to die laughing. Both are like, I don't know. <laughs> I know what Caleb's gonna do because every time I have we've had a dog like train. Lots of them. You started out on dry ground, yeah. man. It's just it's yeah. beat into them. By the time you hit the water, they're right. they're smashing. Right. So right. Well, I, it's, I mean, it goes down to force fetch. That's what, what I thought you were going to say. I mean, you gotta. I mean, you have dogs that do both. Like you just said, you know, you can start them on ground. I mean, 
it all goes down to how much the dog likes to retrieve and how much they're willing, how much work they're willing to do. Um, but I mean the stuff on, I see, I see the counter opposite to what you say. Most of the time, most of the time I see dogs, if they haven't been force fetched, they'll get a lot more pumped up about a bird splashing in the water and they really have no option other than to just go to it and come back more so than on land. They can go to it, sniff around it, kind of sit there and decide whether they're going to pick it up or not because they're on dry ground, you know, able to stand there toward the water. They got to make that decision or they're also going to sit there like a bobber that's exactly I mean, that's exactly what my dog yeah does. so exactly. i mean that's and he yeah. ain't big enough to be a bobber <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it definitely always boils down to the you know for force fetch but at the same time you know you have a uh spoikin you know a i mean spoikin a boykin has, has he spoikin. <laughs> <laughs> hangs out with him sporks yeah. right uh can he even pick up geese or has he picked up geese before he tried in the water he, he will in the water is a little bit different yeah. too because it but floats on, with them on, i mean you know, in on the ground, no, he won't. He won't really? try to pick it up. On what the about actual like? Have, has he had any uh, ducks hit the ground, like dry ground, to pick them up? I mean, he'll pick one up, but yeah. he he won't he won't bring it back to me. Really, he doesn't like to bring it back. Yeah, it all boils down to force fetch. I mean, if you telling me that issue or anybody that's running yeah. into that issue, your best bet really to just keep on hunting that dog the rest of this season because you know experience trumps everything. As long right. as you're, it's a deep, good experience. You know, as long as your dog's picking up something, um, and then that should be your main focus all next year is working on force fetch. Okay, I've got another question. Okay, uh, one thing I ran into was trying to get my dog into the pit. Okay, okay? Man, they don't they don't like a pit. They he didn't know what was happening. He clawed me. My mm-hmm. nose bled for twenty minutes. <laughs> what? Yes, my <laughs> box. I mean, yeah, looked like he had been in the ring. It was it was bad. I used half a handkerchief trying to like your dog clawed you as you're trying to pull the dog into the pit blind. Yeah, I went. I was in the pit, mm-hmm. and then I grabbed him. Like his head was facing mine, and I grabbed him. His front legs. He flared him out, and right. one of his toenails went straight into my right nostril. Jeez. And it just. I mean, I bled and bled yeah. and bled. But anyhow. <laughs> what tips do you have for getting a dog in a pit? I don't. I've I've never hunted a dog out of a pit. Really? Yeah, I've never. I mean, I've hunted out of a pit maybe two or three times. I've never hunted out of a out of a pit. But I will tell you, it's just like anything. It's conditioning. I mean, that yeah. dog's freaking out because the dog doesn't know what the hell you're doing. It's yeah. probably going down there thinking it's going to the butcher shop or something. <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> first time that's brushed up. The first time he seen the pit, it was pitch black, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It he, was, thought he, was yeah. he thought you were trying to stick him in a hole. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought with me being in there, he wouldn't. It wouldn't be as bad but no. oh my goodness yeah. he did not like it. i mean it's it's all a lot of that stuff always boils down to conditioning i mean yeah. mm-hmm. have your treats on you especially if it's your first time and it's on the hunt um treats and fun bumpers yeah yeah for sure i mean how was your how was he later on in the morning once it got light out did you finally get him in there or did you take him oh out no the no no i got him in there yeah especially after he clawed my nose he <laughs> right. didn't like how i got him in there but right. he, you coming in <laughs> he got in there right uh <laughs> but no after that i figured out how to get him in there okay second thing my third cousin's thing. dog uh, third thing is it the third? third? It is the third thing. Okay, my cousin's dog. We're gonna go into the next hunt. Is this is a duck hunt? We're in a blind. The dogs cannot see the birds. Right. Okay. We shoot a duck, and my cousin takes his black lab out. They're you know playing around, not really getting anything done. And my uncle says, "Forrest, take Hank out there and see if you know they'll get competitive and go get the duck." Right. Well, I took Hank out there. I had to throw an indicator because he right. obviously didn't see it. Right. He went out there, got it, brought it back. And then after that, my cousin's dog, like, lost all behavior. Like, she just did not know what to do. And I've I've gotten a lot of videos from my cousin, Scott. This dog knows the commands. Right. She knows hear. She knows sit. She knows st- all the basic stuff. She is outstanding at it, to right. be honest. Way better than Hank. Right. So what about a hunt could throw a dog off like that? 
So what is that? What do you mean by throw a dog off? Like did she went out down? there and this dog started running in circles? Yeah, or pretty much. Like running in circles next to the owner, or did he? Did this dog follow Hank out there? No, so I mean. After Hank picked the duck up, then yeah, she wanted to go, you know, play with the duck or whatever after that or take the duck from him. Mm. But she, she didn't want to come back to Scott. She didn't want to come back to the blind. She just, she was just out there and trying to like very avoidant of everything. Well, I will tell you this, you know, you can, you can be one-on-one with a dog. Like for example, I could pull a dog out of the kennel that I can say, this dog is going to be a bad handful during duck season with, you know, just being out in the element of duck hunting, but I could take this dog in the backyard and send you a video of the dog looking perfect. Mm-hmm. That's pretty easy to do. So it sounds like the dog really doesn't. I mean, the dog might be doing obedience good in a video of just the owner and the dog solo in the backyard kind of situation, and then be out in the field and act crazy because that dog really isn't reinforced enough with the obedience, and the dog doesn't really have enough manners yet. Okay. Um. So I would say, I mean, I, I, would, I would definitely have to see it, really. But, like, for example, is this dog collar conditioned? Do you have a collar on the dog? Yes, and she hates it. She she responds much better to, like, when I did the tone for Hank on right. my collar, she noticed that. Right. She, she's, she's what you would say is soft. Right. So I'm mm-hmm. going to I'm gonna go into the next thing and give you a little more information. Okay. Uh, they went to, like, just do some training, and it was my cousin, my uncle, and two other adults. Right. Uh, and they were... Like just throwing bumpers and trying to get her to, to fetch, and she wouldn't do that. She wouldn't heal. She wouldn't do. She wouldn't do anything. Right. And my cousin Scott said, "I don't know what the deal is, but y'all go back in the duck shop and then come out in five minutes and don't let her see you." Right. So they went in the duck shop and they came out five minutes later, and she would sit and stay. He'd throw right. a bumper, call her name. She'd go right. get it, bring it back, heal, perfect. Everything was just like a seasoned dog. Right. So it was something to do with people being around so. that threw her off. A couple of issues there. One, regardless, the big thing of that, like right off the bat, is the dog isn't clearly isn't being socialized enough. Like he needs to take that dog to tractor supply, Home Depot. He needs to go to dog parks. He needs to do training in front of other people. That dog hasn't been socialized. What if I told like. you that she has? They go on walks every day, and, on top and they go to. Uh, they have. He's in a dog club, like a waterfowl hmm. water retriever club, and she does. Is well. he working her there? Yes, they've if, done. They've done a few of those, and she's done. Not 100%, but way better than what she did duck hunting. But when she's out in the field, she'll act up like that and yeah. not retrieve. Yeah. And, I mean, I still it all, it always all, it all boils down to training. Okay. I mean, if, I mean, it's really hard to say without seeing the dog, but, I mean, if she's not retrieving, but if she retrieves in training, but she's not retrieving in front of people, I mean, she sounds like she needs to go back to force fetch. Sounds like she needs to go back to obedience. Sounds like she needs to go back to collar conditioning. Okay. I mean, it sounds Back like it's up. a handful of everything, but I'd have to see that. I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen a dog that's been thoroughly trained obedience, thoroughly trained force fetch, thoroughly trained collar conditioning, has been socialized, and can't handle in front of people or specific situations. Right. I haven't seen that. Right. It was, it was, it was very weird to me. Because How old is this dog? She's, I mean, both of our dogs are young. Hank is, he'll be a year and a half in January and she's a month younger than what Hank is. So she's, so she's yeah, still so young. She's, well, I mean, she's still plenty aged where she should be minding her own well good though. Right. But this, this was her second hunt, you know, but, uh, mm. I just wanted to get y'all's opinion. So that's another thing. This is her second hunt. All ever? second hunt. Yeah. Okay. So the, how many, how uh, many guns in the barn? Yeah, that's... Uh, well, the first day, there was two in the blind, one outside the blind, and then the second day, there was six 
Seven what was the weather like? I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, that's, that's a too, lot that, on a young not dog. Not only is that too much, your biggest mistake, hardcore, is that dog shouldn't be on a hunt that the dog can't see the birds going down. Right. I mean, the dog does not Especially know. Especially a young dog. That dog don't know what he's, she's out there doing. Right. She does not know. She thinks that she's, I mean, she's, I mean, it's no different than t- t- someone taking her to Home Depot parking lot and trying to run stuff with her. She's out here like, what the heck am I doing in front of all these trucks running okay. under trees? That's what's going on out there that's right exactly now. exactly what I was thinking. Well, yeah. y'all, y'all kind of said that yeah. like that's obvious stuff because I didn't know that. Like if I would have known that, I should have took Hank on a whole bunch of other hunts oh, before. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was... And you could get lucky. It's I mean, you have some dogs that will naturally pick it up, but that's a that the duck, that being her second hunt, but the fact that you've already said that she's already been on a hunt out of a blind and she can't see nothing, that's a big no-no. I yeah. mean, you're going to, I mean, I don't, I won't go as far as say you're going to ruin a dog by that, but I wouldn't do it that anymore the rest of the season. So what you're saying is early dogs need to see what they're oh, doing 1, the whole time. They need to be on chip shot hunts yeah, where they 1, can see everything. Because all you want to do is build that confidence mm-hmm. that first year especially. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what advice do you have for people that are like us off the X that well, don't kill a lot of ducks, but they have a new dog and they want to take them hunting? Well, one thing before I forget, because Tyler hit on this too, another big issue is you can start to kind of build up some gun shyness too mm-hmm. with a dog that's not seeing anything. Because, you know, it's one thing to have one or two guys shooting poppers and training the dog's fine. It's another thing to have three or four guns shooting, but if that dog's sitting in the dark and sitting in a position to where they can't even see out in front of them and hearing all that shooting, they don't know what the hell's going on. And if you do that too much, I mean, that, you could burn a dog like within a couple of hunts doing that. Yeah, and so not that, only that, I mean, they build off of everybody's excitement. Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, right. they, they feel that energy and they, mm-hmm. they get keyed up. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, let's transition. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, to also, <laughs> and to that point, how they build off that energy they're building off of a negative energy if they're mm-hmm. hearing all that banging going on and they don't know what's going on. They're right. looking all over the place thinking it's about to be World War Three or something, right. you know, because they don't know what's going on. So, And you'll also make it to where that dog, when you pull it out and you hunt it blind like that, every time it comes out of the box, it's not going to go hunt. It's mm-hmm. going to want you to show it exactly where it went down so you have to handle it the whole time out yeah. to where you're going instead of just it sees it goes down, it marks it, it knows, okay, there's at least one out here, I'm going to go pick it up. And honestly, us hunting the way we do, and we're off off the X because we, you know, <laughs> we're not always on them. But if you've got just a couple guys hunting with you, especially with a young dog, let everybody know at the beginning, oh, hey, yeah. it's a young dog, let's try to shoot one. You know, make sure it's dead when it hits the water. If it's swimming, swat it again before we send the dog. When the dog's in the water, everybody just calm down, right. relax. Don't be blowing at another at another set of ducks while it's out there. Right. Let it go, pick it up, and bring it back. I mean, everything needs to be dialed way uh-huh. back. For a young dog, okay, yeah, like uh, I wouldn't want to take it on a on a spec hunt with you know for sure with twelve guys in the pit, <laughs> no. you know. So but, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, the other thing was my my uncle told him because my cousin got tired of the dog, mm-hmm. like tired of trying to handle her because she was she was just misbehaving. Mm-hmm. So he took her back to the house uh, during the middle of the hunt. Is right. that a good idea or a bad idea? If yeah, you have if your if dog, if from what it sounds like, the dog running in circles, not knowing what to do, I would take her back out because I wouldn't want to keep on exposing that dog to a bunch of shots yeah. and her not knowing. Right. I mean, I felt so like she like, was just overstimulated. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like like you said you took Hank out and then he went to go retrieve, but the other dog didn't act act like she didn't know what to do at all. Even though she kind of does, but like in the hunting field, she didn't know what to do. It sounds like she was already kind of getting pressured by that gun to where she, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard to say, but that, I mean, she needs to see stuff. So like to your point or what you asked earlier, you know, to you guys that aren't necessarily killing a lot of birds or whatever situation they're in, they got two other different options. If this is your first season with a new dog, you're, if you're taking that dog out, the focus has to be on that dog. If you want to have a yes. successful dog, don't worry about killing. Limits. Yeah. So you, even if you're not even killing me, ducks, say you anticipate killing three wood ducks and that's it. You have two options. 
if you're hunting with a group that's maybe more than three of you guys, you're just your priority should be to take that dog off to the side away from all those shooters in a position to where that dog mm-hmm. can see. Other than that, your best bet, and this is also what I've been doing because with my new dog, Mondo, is one and two people going hunting, working that dog. I mean, I'm doing that right now uh, with Mondo. I'm doing a bunch of solo, one, maybe three people hunting, uh, spe- specifically because he's not quite ready in a, in the grand scheme of like a full duck dog training program, but I don't want to miss out on him gaining experience hunting. Yeah. Um, and carry so, a bumper in your bag with you. Yeah, for when sure. When it's slow, throw it out there and, and let him go pick it up. That's another good point. If you're going on a hunt and you're one of those guys that's like, man, we'll be lucky to kill four or five wood ducks or we'll be lucky to shoot one mallard at nine o'clock, be in a position with your dog where they can see rules. Number one, rule number two, make sure that dog's not sitting like on a stand that's halfway in the water. Make sure that dog can be comfortable and you need to be like sitting next to that dog, loving on the dog or whatnot. Cause that dog's going to get tired of sitting there for four hours, not knowing what the dog's out there to do. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to shoot any birds, at least the least you can do with that dog is build up the dog's mentality to know, Oh hell yeah. I'm going to go out into the flooded woods. I'm gonna get loved on, you know? Yeah. So that way the dog can look forward to actually being out in the woods in the first place. Bring treats. That's a big thing. When it's slow. Teach them patience. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, now it's time for me to brag on my dog. Okay. Now, now before you start bragging, yeah, I, will say, I will say, like, you could watch in the first hunt that Hank went on for his dog. And first couple of ducks came in, threw an indicator after we shot them, went and picked them up, kind of, you know, you could see it kind of clicking. And then by mid-morning, it clicked, yeah. hey, yeah, I need to be watching because yeah. when he would hear something mm-hmm. fly over, his eyes were up and yep. he was looking. Yep. And I mean, you could watch it come together that oh, morning. Yeah. And I was like, and he's, also, he's got it. Yeah. So if you, and if this is your dog, I'm telling you, if you, even if you don't know anything about dog training, if you go on a hunt for your dog and pay attention to your dog, you'll see the telltale signs. For example, if you're taking the dog out and the dog's not seeing birds, and there's a bunch of shooters. It's only going to take a hunt or two to where you're going to get out there. And that dog's just going to be staring at the ground the whole time because mm-hmm. she's the dog's nervous and the dog doesn't know what the, he's supposed to be out there to do. Um, so if you're, you know, watching your dog, you'll be able to see that those signs pretty quick. And if you see a dog that's keeping his head down, not wagging his tail, real nervous out there, that's why you need to be away from the crowd, loving on your dog, making it fun for him, whether it's fun because he's out there eating treats or fun because he's seeing birds fall. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to hurt a thing for you to throw bumpers out in the water and let them go swim out through the decoys and pick it up and bring it back. All yep. it's doing is building experience, being around all that. And if nothing else, it's putting ripples in the decoys. Yep. So if something does fly by, it'll start working. Your buddy that has the dog, he needs to go on a couple. He need, Like the next couple of hunts he takes that dog on, he probably need, would benefit a lot from just going with one to three people. That yeah. know that yeah, that hunt's that not for that, killing. Yeah. And just focusing on his dog because okay. it would only take a couple more hunts. I won't say to ruin the dog, but to just make it a lot bigger issue than it needs to be and mm-hmm. a lot more work that he's got to work on next year. Great advice from both of y'all, Tyler and Caleb. I mean, thanks. Really good stuff. No, seriously, for, for people, I have no idea with most of this stuff. Like, if I would have known that Hank needed to be where he could see, I wouldn't have hunted that blind the way yeah. I did. Because yeah. in DeWitt, we hunted, well, we hunted like four days, I think. Well, he only hunted three days. And he hunted blind every hunt. Yeah. Okay, now the first day or the the first duck hunt, we killed seventeen birds and he picked up sixteen of them. I was beyond ecstatic Quit with bragging. how well he did. I know I'm seventeen. <laughs> you ought to see his chest <laughs> well, over here. He's swole yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, a couple things that he did that I was proud of because, like I said, every duck was blind, so I had to throw an indicator for every bird, except for two. There was one time where we went out and we were chasing a wounded bird, and I couldn't. 
get to it fast enough to like throw an indicator or whatever right. at it. I didn't think he'd be able to catch it. So I raised my gun up to shoot it mm-hmm. and he noticed when I raised my gun up and I saw him look where I was pointing. Yeah. Boom, the shot went off and he saw where it hit and I said, Hank, and he went, he knew right where to go. He yeah. went straight and picked that bird up. So yeah. that was the only, well, one of two times that he didn't need an indicator. Right. Another one was I shot a bird when we were already out going to get one. It fell. He didn't see it fall. I right. just threw my hand up, said, Hank, he just happened to go the right way and he found it. Really? But one of the ones, and I've told Tyler this story because this one's just one that I was really proud of. We killed three birds out of a group, and the sun was shining in our face. So I have to go way around to throw the indicator to where he he can even see where the indicator's going. I threw one, and there was two ducks right laying right next to each other. So I thought, okay, is he going to pick one up and then try to go to the other one, or what's he going to do? Is he going to get confused? So he went to the first one. He picked it up, and I saw his head lift up to look at the other one, and I hit him with hit him with the nick and i said here right mm-hmm. off the bat he just you know he flinched and turned around and came right back so right. awesome so he did he did exactly what i wanted him to do threw another indicator he went and got that one and both of those are about 30 yard retrieves right. which is kind of the longest that he, we have been doing right and then we had one more that was like a 50 yard retrieve so i was like okay well we're gonna see if he'll go get this one right so i throw my indicator and I, hank he goes and he's going and i'm like please just keep going please just keep going please just keep going he kept going he got it I was proud of him for that, but here was where the it would be an issue, but it was kind of funny. Uh, we were about 30 yards out from the blind, mm-hmm. and he realized that the blind was just as close as I was. Right. So he swam towards the blind instead of coming back to me. Right. It's like, okay, well, whatever. I'm not going to try to fight this. We've already been out here a long time. Right. So I get to the blind, and he goes in the left side of the blind. We've been on the right side. Yeah. So I'm trying to go to the right side and get into the blind, and I'm yelling at him, here, here. Well... He went in the blind. He gave the duck to my cousin on that end of the blind. He came back out and ran over to our side of the blind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was super ecstatic. Like, okay, well, you kind of right. know where you're supposed to be, but right. let's try to clean this up to where right. you come back to me right. instead of going into the blind. Right. But the, the manners on this dog. Yeah. The manners on this dog are wild. That's I funny. wish everybody But honestly, even though, like, you know, the – the professional trainer would tell you that that could develop a bad habit. It's all still good experience for the dog. The dog still bring that duck back. I would say out of that situation though, uh, I wouldn't use the collar too much on his return here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of different things you do. You can get vocal with him, but you should try to work more on like his whistle here just to yeah. get his distraction yeah. because a whistle here gets, I mean, it gets those dogs a strike. I just, a, a tra- what am I working? Oh, I lost my word. <laughs> I don't know. It gets those dogs attention, attention. There we yeah. go. Yes. That whistle gets their attention pretty good without having to put some kind of negative uh, reinforcement, which yeah. is what you would do with your collar or just use that vibrate on your collar. Right. right. Yeah. But, and get excited with them when they're getting, yeah. when they're coming back with it. Yeah. I mean, high I mean, pitch. Yeah. And that, pitched. and that, and like that scenario happens a lot with young dogs that you start teaching like doubles and triples to, you know, they or even like de cheating, like a bank or something like that. Yeah. They'll want to go cheat the bank or they'll want to try to pick one up and go towards, you know, another, the second, the second mark or the third mark. And the best thing to do is if they're good whistle trained, just keep on hammering on that whistle. I mean, you'll get to the points where, You'll hammer on it, and then they'll start to come to you. Then they'll veer away. Then you hammer on it again. But even though you're having to keep on reinforcing that here with the whistle, it's training them in the process rather than getting onto them and reinforcing right. stuff with pressure. And I have heard that from everybody, and I have tried that. Yeah. But with Hank, the one thing I've figured out that actually works to get him to start coming back towards me is for me to say, come on, come on, let's go, and then yeah. me turn around and walk away from him. Yeah. He doesn't want to be left. That's yeah. really the only thing. Because if I get excited, 
there's times that he's like, nah, no, I'm not coming to you. Well, another thing to that point too, a lot of people gives their experience just based off of labs. Mm-hmm. All Boykins and like GSPs and other like you know smaller bird dogs, they are they got a personality on them like a no other. Yeah, they so do. you can't. You know, some people would say that too, but like what you just said, I mean, some of these dogs have just crazy personalities where you really gotta you gotta get creative with with that your with your methods and whatnot, like you're saying. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say to your point too, you know, do what works best for you to build mm-hmm. up that dog's experience. Uh, I'm just I'm just bringing it up, not yeah. as devil's yeah, advocate, but just for other people that right. are out there. Right. Uh, I'm super proud of what he's done. Right. He has a long way to go yeah. before he's a, a good duck dog, but I will say he's at 30 for the year. Yeah, it seems like you've been able to hunt him quite a bit this season too. <laughs> He's gone. He's been think, on some good hunts. <laughs> I, yeah, every time he goes, we've done pretty well, except the one time <laughs> that we went to Bell Slough. The yeah. only time that the only time he's gone and he got skunked was there. And man, he peed and peed and peed. Mm-hmm. Every time he gets out and he starts running, I think he's drinking water he half 10 the time. Pounds. He got his mouth open yeah. the whole time. He does do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, I'm proud of my dog. He's done above and beyond what I expected him to do this right. year. I'm looking forward to hunting with him again. But let's talk about Barrett's dog. I, I don't even want to talk about it. But <laughs> let's hear it. I'm gonna set the scene for uh, his okay. trainer here. Okay. So we uh, we went to the cache. This was I don't remember when, but we went to the cache. Uh, we had two or three mallards sail down on us. They sailed upstream from us, landed, and floated back down. So as they were floating back down, the anticipation built. <laughs> you could hear, you could hear me, Tyler, and Forrest. We were all quiet. We were waiting. These birds were. I mean, they were swimming back down to our decoys. Right. I mean, it was it was about to be. It was on like and Huck. Yeah, Huck was great. He sat quiet on his dog stand the whole time. So and I, I, there was no hesitation there. These birds got within shot range, and we lit into these birds. And Forrest took off running. Well, when Forrest took off running, one was wounded. One was wounded. Huck said, oh, no, you're not beating me to these birds. <laughs> and he broke off that dog stand right. and went to get these these birds. Right. Ever since then, every gunshot where he has seen a bird fall, he has broke off that dog stand. Everyone. I have I have worked for weeks to try and break this. And I, he did it the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did every it the time. other day. Yeah. I if, thought him if, and Barrett was going to fight in the A-frame. So he, when you Should have fought him. Bear was on him. Too. I was when he when you shoot something and it falls, he's gone. Like yeah. he's he saw it fall, he is out there, and I I cannot get him to straighten up. Cannot. I mean, have you really gotten on him with the collar? Like, yes. Cranked it oh, up as soon as he collar just whistle it? everything. Yeah, I mean, Barrett was Barrett was on him pretty good. So what I would do in that situation is I would go get some 12 gauge blanks or some 22 blanks and i would work with that dog in the yard making sure he's steady. I've, I've already done that so have you done as far as like sitting him in a position and walking 15 20 yards away throwing Dude, and shooting i have done everything we we actually did what you're talking about mm-hmm. at tyler's pond the other yeah. day mm-hmm. with hank next to him just to see if the extra dog would make him break and right during practice he didn't do it right he knew it wasn't game time yeah yeah <laughs> No, he no, and that is exactly right. Mm-hmm. He knows there is a difference between what's happening out there at yeah. that hunt and you being in that backyard and him going, Hell no, I'm just gonna So this sit is here. a good this is a good lesson for other people that's getting their dog trains too. You know, a lot of people have the mentality like you send a dog, you put all this money into dog training and whatnot. And as you know, a lot of it comes down to like the handler and what they do in the off season oh, you're and right. what they do you're throughout right. duck season. But 
again, even with these young dogs, because I mean, he's on his third season. I would still consider him a young dog. He's not like a veteran yet. That's this is his second full second season. season, so he's not yeah. a veteran yet. He's so still young. Point season, I'm getting yeah. at: even if you have a finished dog, don't be afraid to go back to the basics with your no, dog. No, and you're right, and it's probably my no, fault. No, it's not. So to that point, really is a solution: Le- leash him up. Yeah, and that's literally important. leash him up. When you guys shoot birds, once he's picking his butt up, whining, mm-hmm. trying to get off that stand, reinforce it with the collar, and you have two ways of reinforcing. You have your collar giving him pressure to correct his mistake that he right. definitely at this point will know what he's getting right. zapped oh, for. Oh, he knows what he's... Mm. Plus, he has the leash on him, so you're really reinforcing it because eventually you're going to get to a point after a couple of hunts of doing that, he's just going to be like, hey, I'm defeated here. I can't, right, I can't right. get off this stand. So mm-hmm. you, gotta leash, you need to leash that dog up. You need to reinforce him with the collar when he's still going to try to take off off that stand, even though he's leashed. And you need to do that for the next couple hunts. Yeah. Um, and then you even need to test it, too. You need to get to the point to where it's like, say you guys shoot into a couple birds. After you've leashed him up and he's sitting steady, he's suing pretty good. I mean, I would even go get a lead. You know those uh, goat leads? Like I've I already use? got one, and so I was using I would, it. Yeah. So I would have a lead on his collar plus a leash or wrapped around the tree. I would, and once he's reinforcing, looks like he's steady. Again, because you're going back to the phase of, I'm out here to work the dog. Take that leash off of him while you're still holding the lead. And like we're doing in training, make sure that there's no tension on that lead before you send him. Right. And just spend the next three or four hunts doing that. And yeah. you probably will resolve no, and, your and, and And you're probably right. Yeah. I'm just laughing. We went goose hunting one day, and uh, I took that little goat lead, and yeah. I, I attached it to the A-frame. Uh, he took the A-frame with dude, him. Dude, he almost <laughs> yeah. took the A-frame yeah. with him. It sounded like two grown men down there in the end of the blind fighting. <laughs> we it was. One of them was screaming. I'm not going to say who it was. Right. Yeah, that's uh, – you know what's funny you say about that? Uh I'll give you a little, I'll, I'll give you some recognition because Barrett's on his way to be TikTok famous over here. Yeah. He's so famous now that I see him in other people's comment sections. Yep. And I saw With you. 30,000 yeah, likes. I saw yeah. him comment on another dog that was similar. And I was saying to myself, hey, y'all, dap it up. That's the type of dogs y'all want. Yeah. They're going to turn into them. Y'all want a fire breathing dragon. That's it. <laughs> I want a dead head. Oh, <laughs> but you know what's funny about that? I saw that. And I was thinking to myself, like, hell yeah, anybody can. I mean, you should have the, whatever it pleases you about your dog should please you no, about the dog. And I have no. The only <laughs> issue with all this is, like, I, I just don't want my dog to be yeah. shot. Like, mm-hmm. luckily, every time he's broke to go get birds, the birds are down. Right. So it's not like anybody's shooting at right, birds right. that are down there. He just knows that that gun went off. He saw that bird fall and he was like, there it is. Yeah. I'm going to get it. Yeah. Um, there were a few. I mean, there's been a few blinds that he hadn't had any issues with, right. obviously. But right, um, man, if I was to give you like a, a prescription on what to do with your dog, I would do what I said for the next like two or three hunts. And then once he seems like he's starting to get better, you know, once he seems like he's starting to get better, and you can kind of test the limits a little bit, maybe just keep just the lead on him, and he seems yeah. like your issue is starting to correct itself. I would continue to really, uh, what's the word for it? I can't think of the word for it, but I would uh, continue to further that train by having like Forrest bring his dog out and start making that dog honor, and he's going to hate it. No, but he honors well. Does he? Yeah, he does yeah. fine with the honor. Well, we haven't actually had a duck hunt where we killed stuff with both dogs there and he oh, yeah, honored that yet. Yeah, I mean, now, I would, training, he did great. Yeah, yeah. training, tra- like we've all said, training's a little bit different, but if you, if you did that for the next three or four hunts, it looks like his issue is starting to resolve. 
and it may look like it's going to resolve, but it's so close in proximity of when the issue started. You know, you're going to yeah. run back into it eventually unless you really nick it in the butt. Part of nicking it in the butt is once he looks like he's starting to get back to being steady, hardcore making sure he's going to be steady by starting to leash him back up and make him honor other dogs. Because yeah. you know in a hunt, he's going to hate that. Oh, I, know. Oh, and I mean, you hunt that. right next to him anyway, so it's not yeah. going to hurt anything to keep him leashed. Just yeah. no, insurance. It, it, I know, I know. It, it's uh, a hassle to have yeah, one extra I mean, step it, yeah, to do. Yeah, and it but. can be a hassle, but... I've got a decent little... Um, I forgot the company that makes that little quick release or I've whatever. I've never seen that thing. You know, I still have that... Oh, you got one of them? ...in my house, hanging on my goat head. Oh, really? Yeah, from like four years, three or four years ago. No, I, it, uh, I had another story I wanted to tell about him. I don't remember well, think it about it. I've got, I've got a question, because we've talked about kind of reinforcing your dog and my dog, who are both stubborn. My cousin's dog is very soft. Right. Okay. The exact other end of the spectrum. Right. So how do people with a softer dog handle reinforcing mistakes? Just get in their face and talk to them. Kiss them a little bit. <laughs> you got to be easy <laughs> on them because they will shut down on you. I don't know. Same deal. I mean, reinforcing with a leash isn't hard. Yeah. I mean, you I have I mean, I've had soft dogs where you can, you know, the little slip leads, not like a choke chain, but like a slip yeah. lead leash. I've had dogs that were soft where you could give that a medium jerk and they'll sit there and yelp at you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you just, I mean, you could be fairly soft with a soft dog with that leash. But then again, at the same time, like you have a couple different types of soft dogs. And it really boils down to training. If that dog is properly collar conditioned, it can be a soft dog and you could still reinforce with a collar. But again, you know your limitations through training and, and collar conditioning. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's case by case. I mean, okay. if you, for example, if your cousin's dog is a soft dog, meaning the dog breaks down after using that collar too much, then you start going back to the leash and you need to think about trying to reinforce the collar you know after season maybe mm-hmm. um so it's it's kind of hard it's, it's kind of case by case you know yeah with, with and, the soft in, dog. and in training her when she starts when he notices her starting to shut down and just like just not make eye contact hold her head down free her yeah. up throw a couple fun bumpers get her energy built back up and then go yeah. back to training for a little bit she'll i mean it's just a give and take with a soft right. dog for mm-hmm. sure so the main theme that i've heard <laughs> everything we've talked about is anytime you have an issue back up Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Anytime you have an issue, just back up. Yeah, unless I mean, you just I've, have a brute of a dog. Dude, I mean, I've seen I've seen dogs that are like dog, huge and can take pressure, but they're dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> <Yeah>. So literally, <laughs> the day after, you have to back up and teach them. You know, go over a quick refresher, and you do that every day, three or four days, and then yeah. they'll finally come out and they're like, "I, I got it today." Yeah. <laughs> so you move stuff. on, and then you back up again, and yeah. you just. I mean, just very slow. So it's weird. Huck, I think Huck is very aware that, like, okay, it's dark outside. He's loading gun up. He's loading a bag up. There's waiters. There's like, a boat. I, no, I think he's a. He's yeah, like. He knows. Oh, he's we know what we're knows. doing. Oh, for sure. And then, and then versus you know going out to a pond or out in the yard oh, training. Yeah, he's like, absolutely. bro, I know what I'm supposed to do here. Absolutely. Like I'm just gonna. I'm just and gonna he do. is vocal. Yeah. Does he? Like when you start getting after ducks and you're mm-hmm. working them, mm-hmm. and you go to chattering at them. Yeah. He gets he gets keyed up because really? he knows well, when you start when he start. He getting, gets keyed up, but then he gets real. He, like as soon as they start to spin, have you noticed he he'll get real quiet. He has and been a lot quieter he's helping this year. Has he been a lot quieter year. this year? Yes, he's oh, helping yes. us call him in. What he's yeah, I haven't yeah. seen him work at all this season. Have you gotten to uh, do any hand signals and stuff with him yet? I haven't had to. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you did on that goose hunt. That yeah, one. yeah, on yeah. the goose hunt, I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say he's done a couple times where he's just blown right past the bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of the opposite of what you see a dog do. They'll stop before they 
get to the boat oh, yeah. and start looking, but he well, just he's blows right past it. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. It's because he thought he yeah. knew where it was, but it wasn't, yeah. wasn't there. He'll kind of like go right past it, and then he'll stop, and he'll come. I mean, like he yeah. took a good line on those geese. and yeah. really. And of course, right it was a, a full body sitting right next to the goose, and the goose yeah. was laying right behind it, and he yeah. blew, I mean, within inches really. of it. Ran out there about 20, 30 yards behind it, turned. Right. Yeah. They yeah. never kill them this close. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's in the yeah. decoys. Yeah. Uh, it's ha- not running. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> he did, he chased one. He chased he a wounded speck mm. down and picked him up. But, Which that uh, was the other thing with Hank was his first goose that he got to chase down was a big speck and it was wounded and I was like I wonder what he's gonna do with this this bird that's the same size as him and it's still alive. Right. Oh, he Hank went out there and it. said, "Hey, right. uh, how about we uh, <laughs> we uh, rock paper scissors see who comes back." No, he dropped the hammer on that goose, man. I loved it every really? minute of it. He just didn't want to pick it up and bring uh, it back. Surprised he didn't try to ride it back. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, well, I will say, though, it's a kind of a double-edged sword with a, a dog that can handle in the field, but you don't have to handle them in the field. You There's two different ways to look at it. You know, if you're a person like yourself who's interested in, like, titles or whatnot, it's a good it's good work for them to, even if you don't have to handle them, to still handle them throughout oh, the season just to keep it up. That. But, it's, like I said, it's a double-edged sword. My, uh... The first dog I ever trained, Chloe, who was my main dog, and she's still kicking around, but she's like 14. Uh, she was like that. I finished her in training. She could do all her hand signals and whatnot, but she never had papers, so I never cared to take her that far in UKC yeah. or AKC. And she got to the point, just like your dog, she got to the point to where I never had to handle her on anything. I could line her up. As long as I lined her up, she would pick it up. Right. Um, but just for those people listening, you know, if you have a freshly trained dog or a fairly young dog and you are interested in doing hunt tests and stuff like that, even if you don't have to handle your dog, still do it throughout the season just to, just to keep it up with that them. That never even crosses. I yeah. get out there and I start calling and working birds and shooting. <laughs> yeah. and the last thing I'm thinking about is like, hey, well, if he's going out there. I'm just going to stop him on the whistle for no damn reason. Yeah. <laughs> just to see yeah. what happens. But I mean, when we shoot multiples, I mean, he's... Yeah. You know, when he yeah. comes back, he turns oh, around, he lines him up, sets yeah. him, sends right. him, and he, right. he handles like he does. Right. He just takes really good lines, and he's not yeah. having to, you know, or Like I said, the double-edged sword, your meat hunters, your hardcore meat hunters, I mean, that's really the best you can ask for, honestly. But, mm-hmm. you know, like I was just mentioning, this, your guys, no. if you want to do hunt tests I'm, and stuff out of season. I'm not upset about it. I just, I, I want to be safe with him. I don't want him yeah. to accidentally get hurt because yeah. he's he's so excited that he's like, I'm not letting anybody else beat me to that bird. Right. And I'm just right. going to take off when I yeah. see it fall. So yeah. that's my only concern yeah. Um, he hasn't done I mean he hasn't d- pulled any you know just boneheaded moves to that have made me like upset it's just frustrating right so yeah and it, it's it's regression it's yeah. regression in in oh I, I know what I'm supposed to do but right. again it, it was that day that Forrest took off after that bird he just couldn't <laughs> Forrest had about a 20-30 yard head start yeah the Huck was like nope yeah can't do this <laughs> I do want to say though too again for those people that are listening that get that have a good dog but do get frustrated with those little things it's worth getting frustrated about it because man, when mm-hmm. that dog's ten years old, hardcore oh, veteran, yeah, he's gonna be so mint and so oh, perfect. I, I'm, it's gonna be awesome. I'm it, just laughing about it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know you are. I know you are. And all he's done, and what he's done this season, and you can you you can watch it as he's yeah. he's just seen what he can get away with. And yeah, he just kind of they are like keeps that. Yeah. edging forward just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. What else can I get away with? See, which that's why it's always like you got to always kind of weigh your pros and your cons mm-hmm. with it because when you got a soft dog, they don't want to even try to get over right, anything. Right. So like some of those difficult situations they're kind of like eh, i'd rather not i know what's gonna happen so right there 
right. it, could it be the dog's age? Is he at an age that's like rebellious? Well, it's just, like I said, it's just like a given a terrible take. twos. Well, I've, I've heard I mean, that at that age of two is kind of another age where they want to do that. No, I wouldn't say so. I would say it's because it's drive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he does have a lot of drive. Yeah, drive. Just, that's his drive, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's drive, and I think it's a little bit of anxiety with him. It's drive, anxiety, and handler. But, you know, none of us are perfect. But, oh, you know, I mean, if you I'm, wanted to be perfect, you'd be walking around with a little vest dude, on every day at Home Depot. Again, well, <laughs> treats I, on the side I do not do. I do not do enough. <laughs> At home work with him at all. Oh, say, I think he gets home and it is a he's on vacation yeah. essentially. So at the same time though, you got to give him credit. You're the type of guy that take him out every hunt no matter what. So you no, I do. Yeah, he he do. hunts pretty much regardless. Yeah, which is good, which is great actually. And so. Barrett brought up a good point because Barrett's not training the dog. Caleb's training the dog, but when we go out to hunt. You're calling, you're working ducks, yep. you've got so much going on, mm-hmm. and then you also have to handle this dog that you haven't worked with all year. So it's a lot for somebody that doesn't, you know, have the dog throughout the year to think about when they're hunting. Right. I mean, I don't, even with my dog, and I, I say I train him, but... Even when he's out there, I get so confused in my head as to what I need to be doing. If I need to be <laughs> yeah. watching the dog, do I need to be working the right. birds? What do I need to be doing I think in it this makes situation? You, I think it makes you a better hunter. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. But I, I, what I'm saying is for the people that are trying this for the first time, don't right. get discouraged by it because everybody goes through it. Right. Yeah. I right. mean, and I would say for a young dog, and I mean, even as old as as old as you want to mess with them, we're doing it, you know, until they're rock solid. Just the whole time you're out there with them, you're right beside them. You know, birds start working, see it. See it, mm-hmm. see it. Especially when somebody calls that shot. My first year with my dog, my shot call was sit. Yeah, and everybody right. shot on sit <laughs> because right. I mean, and it was because everybody else was up, hooping, hollering, shots are going off, and it was sit. Do not move. Right. Sit. And there's a lot of days where it was guns halfway coming up, dog breaks, and you're on him. Right. Sit, blowing sit whistle here. No, right. back on the yeah. stand. Well, like the other day when we were shooting geese, I didn't even. I I didn't even. Yeah, pull the trigger I, that day. Yeah. Pull the trigger. I was over there just. Trying to make yeah. sure he was acting right. You know, when you're doing that stuff, you know what you're unintentionally doing? Oh. You're unintentionally training yourself to read birds better. Because if you catch yourself and really think about it, you'll be in that position to where you're watching the birds, but having to watch the dog. You're like, oh, crap, what are those birds doing? And over time doing that, you start to learn how to read oh, birds no, better. Oh, I, no, I understand mm-hmm. that. But I was just, I've been so, just been so keyed on him just right, to make sure right. that he's Well, and you're keying right. on him because it's a safety issue, not necessarily because it's just you being picky. Like, I don't you have, don't want to take a chance right, at him breaking and right. somebody trying to shoot a cripple. And when you, right. Yeah, when you've got six guys in a blind, I don't mm-hmm. want somebody wind up, you know, putting a barrel down on yeah. him. And, and, and as if, where if it's us three hunting together and he right. breaks, we automatically, we know all three of us, no, yeah. all right, isn't stop it, what you're doing. Isn't it weird how the whole dog breaking safety thing kind of seems like a new fad? Oh, I don't know about that because I've always been worried about that. It's just the group you hunt with, honestly. Well, maybe that's what it is. I feel like, I mean, I feel like, like, I I don't know. I feel like pre-social media type big era. Yeah, you could have dogs break, and you saw dogs break more often. But it was just a, uh, what's the the. Like a rule that everybody knew, just to not to shoot over the dogs. Mm-hmm. Right now, you just got everybody so hyped, well, so wanting to kill ducks so hard. To, it is a, I mean, it's always been a safety thing, but it's just one of those things that kind of gets talked about so much now right. because of stuff you see on social media. Well, I, and I think with our group, it's so like, for instance, if we take somebody new hunting and something like that, even if he doesn't break and I send him out, I still make sure to yell like dogs in the water. Because yeah. if I don't know that person over there hunting, like, 
don't right. shoot a cripple right. on my dog. Right. So. Yeah. And I, I think even when Barrett yells that, Tyler and I both yell it oh, just yeah. to reinforce it yeah. because, I mean, that that's the last thing or one of the last things I want to see happen is the dog get hurt. Right. Well, I mean, we put so much time and money into these yeah. animals. Like, right. I don't, yeah. I don't want to lose it because some a-holes over here trying right. to shoot a crippled wood duck. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. Huh. No, and, that's, and if, if he's still on the stand and the birds are on the water, that's the first thing we do is say, hey, clean up. Yeah. Make sure everything's down. If it's swimming, shoot it. Yeah. Or if it's moving water, hey, if it hits the water, swat it again. Yeah. So right. 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 You know? right. Huh. All right. Well, well uh, we've, we've beat yeah. the dogs <laughs> yeah. to death. Well, I got a couple more questions just because okay. we're mid-season. So, yeah. so far we're in the season. I would just, just a couple of things. I'm just curious to hear you guys' opinions on have you guys uh what do y'all think about the whole just social media stuff this season? Facebook. And I would love stuff. to start a trend next season. <laughs> no pile picks till February. Yes. Yeah. Since we're starting it now. Yeah. I mean I can't I can't yeah, stand it. All it does is, is just it just draws interest to an area that people are but killing birds. It in. was especially this year with no water, everybody yeah. knows where you oh, just yeah. shot those birds. Yep. Well, so it's like, it's like why would or, you Or hey, go? let me go post a picture right in front of the WMA right, exactly. sign well, and just, hang my birds over it. It's weird cuz it's on, just like guys. man, people it's I've seen it more. I've just noticed it so much this season. And maybe it's cuz I haven't been hunting as much maybe and I'm you know on maybe social media maybe more. I don't or I don't know. I don't know what if that's it, but uh I don't know. Like, so you just—it's almost like people aren't taking pride in their good hunts anymore. They just want to shove it in everybody's face. And, That's exactly what and, it is. And I, if it's not that, it's complaining about it. Yeah, you know. I tell you this—I've—I've I've seen way more wood duck pictures than I have. Now. Yeah, there's a lot of people who said y'all need yeah. to quit shooting wood ducks that are posting pile pics of wood ducks. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, the wood duck. I population. don't like the people posting the pile pics of public land birds because like like y'all said it it draws too much attention to those public areas and it just gets those places overrun faster mm-hmm. but one thing and i talked with tyler about this i cannot stand it when somebody posts a picture that they're proud of like somebody posted a picture the other day they killed like five banded geese mm-hmm. and then everybody's dogging on them like oh well they're probably banded five miles away or they're banded to state park that's what i mean too who, who cares yeah. who cares let that person be happy yeah oh my and god I'm not causing you any grief and these I, people with yeah. so much pride and jealousy just just go well, some, just what, go somewhere else and hunt and keep yeah. your mouth shut well if that's it bothers why, you that bad get that off is, social media yeah exactly that, well, that's, that's why i bring it up too because you know the pile pictures i mean every people want to post them you know your pile but, pictures are going to be there but it's yeah. just all the Most people in February. The comments all the people st- having conversations about other people posting pile pictures right. in groups it's right. just like man this year is it's wild and then on top of that the we hunted a hole two weeks ago and we got beat to the hole but they were nice enough to say hey, you'd want to hunt with us and we knew we would kill birds there we didn't end up having a good bird it was a one day that they all left kind of situation but it was a bunch of young boys and uh that's all they cared about and i thought i and i used to get joked about how old how old were they Just to- <laughs> if i had to, if i had to guess they're probably between maybe 19 and 23 okay. if i had to guess okay. mm-hmm. but i'm talking like I won't name drop, but all just had their own merch on from so-and-so. All they cared about was getting TikToks and Instagrams and, you know, worrying about having to go to this place because they'll be able to, you know, be on a good hunt to film it. And it was just, man, it it was exhausting to listen to. And it was disappointing to be in a hole with those types of people. Really? Mm -hmm. How many guys was it? I mean, they they weren't (laughs) y'all. No, I mean, what do you mean? Do you know them? No, no. I mean, how many, no, guys, it was, how many uh, guys was it? I mean, what? For them to invite you to hunt yeah, with them, was there yeah. a bunch of oh, them? Was no, it two it was, guys no, or five no, no, guys? No, no, it was two what? of us and 
five of them. Oh, yeah. Wow. I'm amazed wow. they were yeah. like, hey, y'all want to yeah, come home? Two of us yeah. and five of them. But it was one of the guys, like the one guy that supposedly had been hunting that hole for the past week straight, and he's been hunting with different people every day. He just needed people to fill oh, the so hole because they there's, killing limits there. Supposedly. So now there's 93 people that know about this. But <laughs> you know what? <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. This is. Hey, I will say, well, you're. Real quick, I we went. And, we went and <laughs> checked the hole that we hunted with you last year, uh-huh. and do, it looks like everyone's. Well, oh, you're talking about the blind. You're talking, have you seen the blind that's built out there? What no. talking about Motel Six? Yes. Have you seen that? There's a somebody went out there this or sometime no and way. they cut some trees down and they made no every way. bit of like a thirty foot blind out there of just brush. Oh no, we looked gosh, at it. What was that? that? It was before Christmas. Yeah, it was. That, that place ain't gonna fill up. I think. Uh, if you remember, I don't know if you were maybe with us, Barrett, but. The people behind us that had all the private land, they had yeah. talked about that they always blow the beaver dam that holds water mm-hmm. in that place because yeah. it keeps water on their fields that they want to farm. I think they went in there and really did some damage to the beavers. And I well, think that's blame the them. So it, it needed I, to. I yeah. look, their, I, their field doesn't even, I don't, they had very, very little water in their field. See, but I couldn't really tell. You couldn't really see the water last year. I walked all the way down. Year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> on dry ground in my, his Reebok. I pulled my right hamstring. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I dropped him off in the truck, and he was like, off. I looked like off a marathon running. Well, in. we're not. No one's good. All right. I mean, they can really dig if they want to. They're not going to be able to figure it out. But did you get? Did you get back there and check that bayou? Yeah, I did. Did you? It looked yeah. good. Uh, it was about ankle deep. Yeah. There were three wood ducks and one mallard. Well, we went back there with the same intention. Look at Motel Six. Look at that bayou back there. Was surprised to see that bayou was pretty low. Like you couldn't put a boat no. in, Mm-mm. and we didn't even bother walking in because there was like four other trucks sitting there. Really? Man, that's it, what I'm talking about. Wow. Like I've seen more people scouting. I've gotten, which I've never been a big racer, but you know, I've gotten beat to more holes this season than I have mm-hmm. in a while. Um, I mean, and like I just said, the story I just said, beaten to a hole by all they care about is. The Instagram shit, the which TikToks. I love the Instagram shit, and I love the pictures and stuff like that, but it's not for like the reason to just to show off. It's for the reaches of capturing a right. cool hunt because I've been on a bunch of cool hunts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just too easy to shot chase right now with oh no water, God, which is. I mean, we're getting more water, and it's yeah. it's still going to be fairly easy to shot chase, but at the beginning of the year, it I mean, it's no big deal the to shot chase figure out where crazy. it's going. I'll tell you, um, people know this, but like Dr. Duck stuff, people have been oh, shot yeah. t- chasing them like crazy. And it's like a whole new thing. I mean, it's always been a thing, oh, yeah. but, uh, I mean, well, we it's, ran it's into been, that. It's well, been I mean, made easy when you now. post it on the gram, every exactly. time you kill yeah. a limit, it makes people say, Hey, I know whose truck that well, is. Well, again, it goes back to, <laughs> that's, exactly. that's true. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, that's why I drive seven different trucks. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I want to use car lot. What are you <laughs> talking about? We show up in the Hyundai. <laughs> I will say, Barrett and Tyler both are like that. New truck every other season. Oh, you don't know who you're getting. Change paint halfway through season. Yeah, that's that's funny. I th- you know, I think next year, probably until January, I may goose hunt. I may just it may yeah, not be a bad a idea. May go rent a couple of fields and goose hunt. Well, that's and then, that was unless be... unless it's just like ducks are everywhere. Yeah. This will I honestly this was probably going over longer than we would oh, want. But I think let's go. As long I'm ready as to talk can. about this. So. Okay, let's stick to the whole first. So, uh, I have two questions. One, based off of this first part of this season, what are you guys looking forward to most in January? I, man, I'm just looking forward to duck hunting. I don't, I'm looking forward to cold temperatures where I don't have to wear. Like, yeah. Dude, we were wearing, like, T-shirts on some Oh, hunts. yeah. We yeah. did. Yes, I wore T-shirts. I almost on wore cut-off Carhartt pants. Yeah, I had a hunt, hunt where uh, I'm allergic to mosquitoes, so I swell up, and I had a hunt where I got bit on the tip of the ear, and my ears <laughs> dripping down. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a big old freaking jelly Dog bean or something. Ear. My head. No, I'm just ready for some cold temperatures and water. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. 
I thought last year was like I thought well, it's pretty dry. This year just <laughs> is like I've seen some. Uh, I think I've I think we've talked about. It. I've seen some pretty cool. Uh, like migrator path deals mm-hmm. or people who shot the uh, migrator or the birds with the transmitters on their back and they posted like what those birds are doing. And it, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I've saw, I've seen a, a big trend of birds that are cutting from the Dakotas, cutting through Missouri, coming into that Northeast Arkansas yep. corner and just going back and forth yep. in that Northeast yep. Arkansas corner. Yep. And that's pretty, I mean, you know, back years ago, it would be to hit that corner and then diagonally cut through East central East Arkansas. Right. Um, that's been, a, I mean, I've seen that multiple times throughout the season from duck, duck reports and weirdly enough i've seen a couple of people who shot those ducks with those transmitters on them and gotten those reports from those ducks um but the big thing that i've seen this year and it kind of pisses me off to be honest is all all these all these areas that us public land hunters go to that we just scout our butts off and mark holes throughout all these seasons all these areas these long stretch of areas all the public land in between there, like i'm seeing less and less private fields being flooded and less and less of those private fields that are flooded even holding birds Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to habitat, in my opinion. Um, I mean, what do y'all think about that? Uh, I mean, you can't fault somebody for not flooding their field if there's no ducks and they don't want to spend the money on it. So the point that makes me mad about it is this more of a reason why we should have better wetlands through the game of fish. You know, more of those Raft Creek type areas. I would say so, but I mean, if you also look at the whole United States, we got a lot of public ground that we get to hunt. Yeah. So I'm not really going to bash them for that because... We got a lot of places to hunt. Could it be better? Absolutely. Could it be worse? Oh yeah, it yeah. could be a lot yeah. worse. It could be a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. It could be a draw ever. Yeah. Every place yeah. You so got I'm public. not. I'm not going to completely bash them for that. But it's just not cold enough up north to make them come south. Yeah. As and a, it I hadn't mean, been for four and it years. Hasn't been. It's. It's. I think it's more of a weather thing as to why we're not killing lots of ducks. Yeah. Uh, I think it's also me. it's predation. I mean, well, I think it's a mixture. Yeah. I mean, nobody's nobody's predator hunting anymore like no. they used yeah. to. I mean, there's no there's there's no incentive for people to go out and we trap lose, like we they lose used to. way more birds to predation than we do hunters. And supposedly last year when we got that gigantic you know snow and everything that we mm-hmm. had in February or whenever it was that hurt a lot of birds that had already tried to migrate north and right. probably tried to say, well, we're just going to wait it out and see what happens. Well, they did the wrong thing, but. I think that had a big effect just on the population numbers. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I don't think that the hatch was very good. Yeah. last year and too, yeah. you think a lot more private landowners are setting up and doing these big rest areas mm-hmm. and holding a ton of birds that used to. They used to have to come to the public land to get what they needed because people on public on private ground were hey we're farming we're trying to make money off of right. this and they've realized. I can make just as much money off 60 days right. yep. right. holding all this corn yep. and flooding right. it and not well, doing anything with it. And that's exactly Well, that right. goes to my point about habitat. And I yeah. do agree, and this is me talking. I'm not no biologist or no, anything. You're it's just things that I see. But that's why it falls back to me is about habitat. You know, you were seeing less. And, again, that's not me being mad or anything. I'm not really mad, but, you know. He is. But <laughs> it's, it's not necessarily about your private guys. They're not holding as much birds. They're not flooding as much fields. It's To me, it's more like what could the game of fish or the state do to have more wetlands for those birds because, I mean, I hate to give out an area, but the one place that is the managed wetland has had birds all season. It has, but it's also, it's also had managed pressure yeah. all season. Well, what – Man, I've talked to Tyler about this before, about what I would like for them to do at the 60 days. Mm-hmm. Mm. Take those splits away. Take those stupid splits away that don't mean a thing. And you only get to hunt Wednesday through Sunday. Let yeah. the birds rest on Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. 
that gives everywhere a two-day break. They only get hunted for, what, five days in a right. row. Whereas how much is Raft Creek? Because that's what you're talking about. Five, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. They get yeah. hunted yeah. for four days there. Yeah. Right. Okay. So they get a small break. So if you gave the whole season a two-day break every five days, I think you'd see a change. Yeah. I think you would Personally, too. and I, th- I think you'd see a lot of. I think the only way you'd and see that change, though, is if you had a wet year. You think so? Yeah. I mean, a wet, a wet year is always obviously well, no, like, going to. Well, like, even if, like, say, say you did do those breaks, if you only had a, cu- a couple of spots that had water that was public, those burns aren't going to rest on public. They're going to be resting on the private places like they're already doing. That's that's just another argument to my point why we need But you can't change a wet manage. year and a dry year. Well, you would be able to if you had more managed wetlands is the point I'm getting at. So you're, in, so you're talking like, about managing water. Yeah, what you're no, talking about. Well, I just mean manage wetlands, manage duck habitats, you know. You're like talking about, like, more soil units like what? Yeah, yeah I mean, like when they purposely flood, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, strictly yeah. duck hunting land, for but ducks. that has gotten them in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. With that's where why we're here. Where we're at now. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. yeah, and all those places. Now those are different areas because that's flooded timber, whereas Raft Creek is not. It's flooded fields. Well, that's what that's the point too. It's it's uh, it's gotten them in trouble because of the trees. But like, what are your other you know what are your other managed wetlands like up in Missouri? It's not flooded trees. It's flooded fields. It's flooded food for them. You right. Know? No, well, and they're I mean, and they're all draw system now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah. I think that would be like that would go to your point too, as far as having managed days to hunt. But uh, I'm just saying, change the season right to where you can't hunt on Mondays I, and Tuesdays, I mean, right. and you take the splits away. The, if you actually look at the dates, right. it would average out to the same amount of days. Yeah, it would. Yeah. It wouldn't change. Or give them that Monday. Give them that Monday and Wednesday, same as Raft Creek. Yeah, I'd almost rather give them two different days where mm-hmm. so that way it's not oh we've got two days off like the weekend but yeah but that's too complicated for for, that's too complicated for people to understand <laughs> right, you i know, know. and if you did that though you'd have even more people you could be competing with competing competing with on those days maybe not out-of-state people though I don't, I don't know. know. That'd be interesting. To see. That, that and shell restriction, I think, could go a long way. Shell yeah. restriction would. I mean, I'm oh, not. Yeah, I'm would, not gonna lie. I'd like to see a, a limit number drop. Would you like to see the numbers? Man, I, now, see, if, a lot if, of people look at that and say it's not worth my while. Then, then you'd have. Well, not only that, but it's hard to get something back once once they oh, take that's it. Yeah, yeah. I I I'd almost still be fine with it. I. Like I, I agree with Tyler. Once once they take that away, it's hard to get that back. Now it, we, they did drop it to five at one point during my tenure for duck hunting i guess and it did come back to six but i, I think it's because you know. had all those guys that were back seeing it you know yeah. the point system and yeah where it was what three and 30 or whatever it was it was three right. thirty. so i mean they they've seen it and they knew hey we fought like hell to get it back to where it is right. now and we're not gonna I, th- right. I, you know? I don't want them to cut the amount yeah, of days because that that w- I think that would make the hunting pressure worse yeah. because people say, I've only got these few days that I get to hunt, so yeah. I'm going to give it all I got for these 30, 45, 50, whatever days. Well, and I mean, I I don't, I don't want to go, which it may be inevitable. We may be on the, the path to a, a draw system, which some people would argue Stop that. It. I know some people would argue that, that that's what's coming down the pipe, but I, and I, I don't want that at all just because number one, I don't want to have to pay for exactly what they did with Raft Creek this season. Yeah. You I didn't don't have, have to, to pay to yeah. go over there and sit in the parking lot. And, right. I yeah. don't want to have to pay to put in an application. And then every time I've done it, I've never gotten it. I know guys that have gotten it three times. Yeah. I'm like, how in the world? I know one guy's got three weekends in a row. Yeah. So I don't like, want to be controlled. Exactly. And that feels like trying exactly. to control me. If it's duck season, I should be able to get to hunt. Right. Period. Right. right. Period. Right. Now, I will say, 
I'm not for a draw system everywhere, but if they would do a draw system in a small area, southeast Arkansas, east Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to see one further down to see what it does, see if it is the same as see what it is up at Raft Creek. Creek. They would, that yeah. place would totally improve if it was a draw system. Oh, yeah. But just a small area like Raft Creek, like same, oh, well, same footprint, just take it down I mean, there. Imagine if they had a Raft Creek spread every 30 miles, you know, in, a, in the direction of most of the flight paths of these ducks throughout the state of Arkansas. It'd have to make that land in between it better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, to my point. And, you know, you're, I mean, like I said, I've, I've talked about this before with like hunting gear and stuff like that. This is like the tech side, tech side of me, but it's like the thing I want to see most in our waterfowl community is innovation. Where's these smart people out coming up or where's these smart people coming up with all these smart and innovative ideas? I feel like that's the biggest thing that we lack in the waterfall. Well, industry. but I don't, I don't feel like a draw system is innovative. And it might not be if, a draw unless system. Unless there's something yeah, it else might not, in, Yeah, involved. it might not be that, but it so. could be somebody that's like, hey, all the trees are dying. We got 35 acres here. Let's tear all these trees up and bring in a million dollars worth of dirt and make a huge deer plot. at the same time, I, make that a rest area. I do think that it's time. I mean, I think that the hard questions do need to be asked, and I think they need to be asked to the right people. So, I, I'm hoping that uh, I've seen uh, Mr. Austin Booth on a lot of the threads here recently. So I'm hoping he's gonna he has put himself out on public threads, and I'm just like, dude, you are you. I haven't heard of this. Got, What's this? So that, that yeah, the director, the new director at the Game of Fish. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is on all the Facebook groups. Oh, like listening to seeing what people are oh, saying. Dude, and he, stuff. Oh, he's he getting involved. In it. He's involved. Yeah. That's good. I mean, he's he's got some balls on him to be out there doing <laughs> really? that. Yeah, and he takes it. He yeah. does. I mean, yeah, he takes it and then mm. spits back. You know what he's trying to get done. Right. So right. we'll see. Power to him if he can if he can turn it around. Yeah, no joke. Yeah. And I'm one more thing before we move off this and get off here, but what? Is it going to hurt for you to put a chainsaw on a boat going down the Cash River and cutting these oh, freaking blocks out of that, this thing? Again, I, all this stuff pisses, makes me so mad. I mean, dude, it's so <laughs> dangerous. Because we saw, are we out? We, oh, we out. Maybe we talked about that. So we hunted the cache about a week and a half from, or there was about a week and a half stress from me hunting the cache. And yeah. I went with Caleb and I went with you guys. Yeah. And in that time frame, the water had dropped like four foot. Yeah. And it's just like, it's crazy all the shit you see under the water that we didn't yeah. see, you know, a week and a half ago that thank God the outboard didn't hit right. and sent us flying out of the boat. Like to your, to your point, man, you could clean. I mean, it would be nothing for to say, Hey, during the summer months, the public can go out here and right. clean this up yeah. on the river. Yeah. From it's this point, oh, yeah. yeah. That yeah. would help so much. Yeah. yeah Cause I mean, we went through a spot at the, on the, on the oh, white river mm-hmm. on a, on a back channel off of it. And I mean, it was completely choked out. Yeah. So even when the water, I bet even when the water gets up. Yeah. yeah I mean, can. the water would have yeah. to get up 30 plus yeah. for right. it to push that block right. out of there. Yes. I mean, I get, I, it, I mean, it gets under my skin. I mean, even to that point, there's areas, one that we talked about before the podcast that, I mean, hell, they logged it five seasons ago and there's still logs sitting out there in piles all over the place, mm-hmm. you know? Now, if it's cash or white, would that be game of fish or would that be a, a federal thing? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, whoever we're question. paying taxes. If it's an too. NWR, then it's national. It's a federal yeah. deal. Some, somebody. Go ahead and start sending your email. Yeah, I heard you could take a chainsaw on Cash River and white river refuge somebody else go try it and let us know how it works out yeah. <laughs> if you decide to do that i'll send you some pins of yeah. some blocks and you go cut them loose oh, but no man. i mean i'm i'm serious and not only that but they they talk about the over cups and everything how it's you know it's ruining these running these these red oak flats and stuff then why don't why don't we go in there and have a biologist yeah. or somebody in arborist go in there and mark them and yeah. say hey this weekend public go out cut these trees down yeah cut them up 
Yeah. Like, that's a freaking army that would go out there and do it for free. Right. Hey, I do want you to touch on, we talked about um, the, we want the clarification on um, the whole Red Oak issue. We've seen oh, a ton of argument about people, oh, well, we're doing all this for the Red Oaks and whatever. But we found out that the Game of Fish is essentially lumping r- all the oaks into red oak <laughs> so, so there's like a there's a, a group yeah. a genus or whatever yeah. it's a whole group yeah. a cluster of like six or seven different oak trees it's like the red oak the white oak the willow pin oak water oak that's what they're all lumping together is red oak instead of just the red oak because if right. you look on and doing research on red oaks red oaks are the least water tolerant of right. all oaks so when they were saying that like oh we're, we're all we're going, trying yeah, to get these red oaks and we're like wait the red oaks yeah. they don't handle water <laughs> right you know, and which we talked to a buddy who he's majoring in what I don't know what you call it, some type of biology. Yeah, yeah. He's and he's like, no, they're this. lumping all this together. Right. So, and which if if he's down for it, we may get him on here and let yeah. him talk about it. But he's like, no, I think they're lumping them all together. Is what they're doing because all the data that I've seen that that's what they're talking about, not just that one. They're red not oak. just specifically, right. yeah, looking at all the red like oaks. you know if the if if you've got the the elms and the persimmon trees and the overcups and all that stuff that are choking out all this area then hey let's get the army of of public land hunters that are out there hey y'all gas up your chainsaws one weekend during the summer we're gonna go we're gonna take care of some of this cut it up where if it does get up high enough it's gonna float it down get it yeah. out of the way yeah you know or hey bring your side by sides in you can cut all that firewood you want right yeah i mean as long as you're not cutting down the red oaks and stuff like that and just have have one officer in one area. Somebody comes out with trees, checking them, make sure. Right. Just keep people honest. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, know. you've got an army of people out like there that would love to better it. There's somewhat easy solutions that, I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at the overcup, like areas that they're overcups, I mean, you could clear that out, and you talk about some hellacious holes come duck season. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. what are you doing? You're opening up that canopy, getting sunlight on the ground, drying it up, getting some of these – Red oaks or water reproduce, oaks or whatever. Yeah. Let that mm-hmm. stuff reproduce and get something built up that actually going to do something yeah. for the ducks. Which we're not we're not here to bash on game and fish. No, I, mean, I know I know a few game and fish guys and they're all great guys. I try not to know them. Well, still, <laughs> but um, no, it uh, it's. I don't know. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I want. I want the hunting to be there when my kids are. Yeah, are, I want to leave sure. it better than what I found. It. Oh exactly. yeah, for sure. So, I mean. I mean, hell, you could say it is bashing. I mean, that's the type of things that makes a change, you know, once once oh, they get yeah. enough wind of it. Yeah, but I don't want them to think I'm on the opposite side. No, of them. No. I, I want to better help. the sport. I want yeah. to make it better. They I ought to start, like, different committees for different sections of the state, you know. You know you can actually sign up. Yeah, but it's I not. actually applied. Did you? Oh, did you? Yeah. Look at him. I haven't what heard you, anything about it. You're going to get your pair of green jeans over there, too? Oh, Maybe. I hope he does. <laughs> or he got some for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> he, he bought them in preparation yeah. for getting selected for the committee. No, I. Uh, th- they've got different deals that you can try. But, I mean, I, I feel like it's one of those deals where you, you're only going to be able to – you posting on Facebook isn't getting you no. anywhere. Post- no, it's so, not getting anywhere. It's not. It's like, go time, to these town halls, I, voice right, your yeah. opinion. Right. But at the same time, I feel like posting on Facebook's not going to get you anywhere, but I think as soon as you want to make a change, they're going to look to Facebook like, oh, all these people on Facebook are saying otherwise, even though they're probably not even taking those opinions into real uh, consideration. 
I hate all this Facebook stuff, dude. I'm no, like, it's, I it, it's, it's, got, it, dude. it's gotten ridiculous. It's gotten it. ridiculous. But it's not going anywhere. So what we have to do is try to figure out how to manage it and make it better right. for our sport. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I want, I want when my kids get old enough and my grandkids get old enough to go, that it's not like, man, you should have seen it when I was a kid. Like what yeah. you hear. Like mm-hmm. I, yeah. I want to say, man, it's better now than it was when I was a kid. Right. When I was 30 and I was hunting it, man, it's so much better now wow. than it was. And I think that's why it's so Canada frustrating. Get in yeah, the, right. involved in the government up there, too. <laughs> Stay away from that place. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I will touch on another thing. It's well, I wanted, or another question, but I'll go ahead and say my answer is that, you know, we got all this water, but I'm still, I mean, I don't think we have enough birds for all the water we're about to get. I think it's still going to be rough, if not rougher. I don't think? expect it to be good, know. but it's. I think yeah. it'll be better. You think so? I think, I think it'll spread so. people out, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I will say, I when we so. hunted by Amita the other day, that was the closest I've hunted to people yeah. really? any time I've, I've been in there. Really? Boy, and I felt bad for them old boys next to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got to witness yeah. the show, though. Yeah, they yeah. did. They got there to was, see it. They had one caller, and that was. I think that was it. Really? And, dude, they just, they, what were they? They were probably three, 400 yards from us. Yeah, they were. the yeah. wind was blowing just right where we could hear him. Yeah. And man, he would not let off of them. Dude, but there was just one off. guy, and he yeah. couldn't. He couldn't break them. Really? And versus three of us over there just sounding like heaven. I yeah. mean, they just they knew what was going Sound on. Sound like a rest there. area. Oh, right. They knew it. Right. Yeah. So they just came down to us. Uh. But I'm hoping I'm hoping the water does uh, <laughs> spread everybody out a little bit and give everybody a chance to to work some birds. But let's get into this car review. It's getting late. so the makers origin which we are partnered with makers so we'll go ahead and throw that out there first however i'm not going to let it affect my score for this call because i'm always going to be honest i'll start off with the score i give it an 8.5 is what i'm going to give the makers origin okay um it's kind of a hybrid style call between like a j frame and a a cut down so if you're somebody that where you're looking for to get into cut downs maybe this would probably be a good right yeah uh lead up into blowing a cut down short barrel it's a very fast call it's a very aggressive call oh she Uh, pops yeah it it can be pretty loud Um, it's not the loudest call that you can get but it it will get soft it's real ducky has a lot of rasp to it um i don't think it's very hard to blow i think for a beginner for a single read i think they could probably pick it up and get the sounds out of it that they want uh especially they pick it up in off season and had time to actually practice on it man i think I think they really hammer on it. Uh, the handle is perfect. Like your hand fits on the call. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. Love the handle on that call. Yeah. Uh, I will say if you're going to go buy one, I kind of like the African Blackwood more than I do the acrylic. That yeah. African Blackwood yeah. sounds awesome, man. I it's a great it. one. Uh, but yeah, I give it an 8.5. I've used it every time that I've gone out. Uh, but yeah, what do y'all think? So the other day you were blowing your your maker's cut right I, I i usually start with the maker's cut and then i'll move to the origin if okay. i think they want something a little quieter i blew my origin 90 percent the other day i think i picked up mine i, had the, I think i had my mondo on but i, I blew that that origin probably 90 percent of the day the and it's day. it's the african black one yeah. i have the acrylic and yours i, I mean yours sounds it. great and i that's a it's a good sounding call i, I mean i'd have to at least give it an eight five because, I mean, it's, and I, I really wanted to give it like a nine, but Forrest yeah. made me dial it back with an eight. <laughs> you can give it a nine if you want to give it so a nine. I'm telling you that African Blackwood. Oh, yeah. God, it's beautiful. It's it sounds really good, and too. It's just, it's, so, yeah, it's it's mean. 
I ever since I've picked that call up, it has been it has been a go to on my lanyard constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get quiet on it. It's got a great chatter. It's oh, got yeah. a great top end. It fits so well in your hand. The only reason I'm going to give it a nine instead of a ten Whoa. Is, is because <laughs> for me it locks up easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, mine locks up every now and then, but the yeah. other day, even in all that sleet and snow, it really? mine never mine did. did. Yeah, mine, yeah, the yeah. only reason mine mine locks up that African blackwood, beautiful call. Um, golly, a blackwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you guys should have seen the birds that broke through the timber <laughs> off of those origins. It was stupid. I will say that that mine tends to get a little bit sticky too after I've, if I've blown a feed call a whole lot, but like. Unlike other calls that will get sticky and you have to take them apart and flick the reader, right, right. the origin, I feel like I can blow through the call mm-hmm. and get it unstuck yeah. better than right. I can other calls that tend to be sticky. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I can't, honestly, I can't speak enough for the, the call. I mean, it, it, we, we were blessed to be able to have these put in our hands and we were just like, good grief. I mean, they, they did, they spent some time on these calls and made them, made them worth the, worth the time and money so yeah. they've got that deep boss yeah, hand sound do. to yeah. it I, yes. I, yeah. I won't hunt with a call that doesn't have that oh yeah, yeah for yeah. sure and it's got it yeah your yeah. whiny calls i say whiny calls but your stock single reads i mean they don't even come close to it now it no, seems like they don't i don't know i so what do i want to say about it i love my origin i have an acrylic maybe i need to go to a blackwood um i've used my i mean i've used my origin more than my mondo i mean i've used my origin the most out of all my calls this season um not because i feel like i had to because that bark that you can do with that single read i mean i love the bark out of it i love the structure of the call it feels like the highest quality call i have yet to own even though i have several hundred hundred dollar plus calls um the only thing, my only gripe about the call, and it could be because it's the acrylic and maybe not the blackwood, is I can't get soft on my call. I take that back. I can get soft on my call if it's like a warm day and I'm not, you know, on the call hard from the from the get go. Um, but as soon as mine starts to stick up on me, I can't get soft with it at all the rest of the morning. However, it's not a call that gets stick. Uh, I get stuck up on. And I have to take apart, like you said. I yeah. just got to blow a, a heavy amount of air through it and it, and it frees back up. But that is, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword for me, just like a lot of things, you know. It's, it's, what's the trade-off for it? I love that bark. I can't put it down because of that bark. I've used it way more than my Mondo, which is, was my favorite call. But I guess get so frustrated with that thing sticking up whenever I try to get mm, soft yeah. with it. I just, I can't find that soft range with it. And I don't feel like, I don't think it's because of my skill level. I think it's because it's locking up on me so much. It could but, be. Um, it could be just, I mean, you, your call might need just a little extra sanding to it. Maybe. Every call is yeah. different. I yeah. mean, even you can CNC machine, right. machine yeah. them to like the exact same dimensions yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Right. And each, everyone's going to be just right. a little bit different. Right. But that being said, I hope the bark that I'm describing speaks to that. Cause even though it does, I'm still willing to run that call 95% of the time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I really like the call. I'll probably give it a, I'll probably give it a seven nine. Seven nine. Ooh, seven nine. nine. Yeah. I mean, like we said, we're gonna be honest. They're they're yeah. partners with us, uh, but we're gonna be honest with our scores. However, I will say Colton and Travis, they're awesome, man. Their customer service is incredible. Yeah. Uh if you do not have a maker's call, you're you're not gonna be disappointed with any of the ones that you pick out. Spend that Christmas money. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's yeah, right. they're a good group of guys to support. You know, they're fairly new into the whole commercial call making and stuff. And they're doing a phenomenal yeah. job. Yeah. I mean, their calls have have really impressed us. Yeah, 
So Definitely. and to the customer support thing, I mean, it's always cool to see a company that's getting so much attention literally repost everybody's stuff about yeah, them, yeah. like everybody's content that they post, saying that they like their calls. You know, it's good to see what they're becoming, which is a brand and a company, just appreciate, you know, the people who are supporting them. And, and they're very genuine. I don't yeah. think that they're doing it just to do business. I right. think that they are very genuine about everything they say and everything that they share. I 100% how they feel. Yeah. 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 yeah so, well guys, we, uh, we hope you guys all made it this far. It's late. We know, uh, we're tired. Hope you guys aren't. Um, <laughs> But uh, catch us on the next episode and uh, look for an upcoming call giveaway coming up soon. So stay tuned. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks for listening.